Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mike Angolano, and joining me is just one other person this week, and that is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, how are you doing this evening, buddy? I'm good. Tale as old as time. Uh, one of the three of us missing from a podcast, but it's okay. We power on anyway. Um, I'm doing all right. I'm 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 happy to be here. We're recording a little later than our usual time, so I got to get out of here. I got a big Settlers of Catan game I got to play. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, unlike the Pistons most nights, I actually have a chance of winning. So, yippee. <laughs> uh, well, that sounds great. Well, this will be a little bit of a shorter podcast. Um, but we do want to hit on a few topics here. Uh, some of the more pressing things. Um, Jasper, why don't we go ahead and get started here with uh, James Wiseman, I think is going to be our first topic of um Today, we've received numerous amounts of flack for our depictions of James Wiseman and sort of how we were unhappy about that move. Um, got a lot of fan mail, let's say, uh, regarding James Wiseman's acquisition. Do you want to touch on that in any way? Because I've certainly got some thoughts Um on his place so far in a Pistons uniform. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, after last week's podcast, we had only had one game of James Meisman in a Pistons uniform. So it, it was pretty hard to get a really good idea of, you know, what you were going to see. A game against the Celtics it isn't exactly a large sample size. Uh, now we're five games in. It's not like the sample size is huge there either. But yeah, he's been fairly productive, I would say. Uh, He's putting up almost 12 points per game, uh, a a little over eight rebounds. So he's definitely been productive, almost 60% from the field. That's been nice to see. Defensively, it's been up and down. And I I would say for me, after five games, that's really been the theme with James Wiseman. He's had good halves. He's had good quarters. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of last night in Chicago. I thought he had a pretty good fourth quarter, especially defensively. He had a few plays where uh, Patrick Williams and Nikola Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan went at him specifically, and he held up okay, even forced, you know, didn't quite force the turnover, but helped Corey Joseph force turnover uh, with under two minutes left on DeMar DeRozan. So I think he's done some really good things at times. The scoring is what we've expected. I don't think that's ever been a question that James Wiseman can score. He can score at the rim. He has uh, some hook shots that he can pull out of there. He's been okay in the pick and roll. 
not that he's played all that much pick and roll, but he's been okay in it. Uh, yeah, I think overall it's been kind of a mixed bag. Right now, we're looking at him through five games. The net rating, it's negative 7.3 with him on, negative 1.7 with him off. So right now, the on-off splits aren't great. But again, it's a small sample size. And, you know, the, the Pistons bench has been the strength of this team the entire year for the most part. So I'm not shocked to see him struggling a little bit there. Um, overall, I think it's been okay. And <laughs> I don't know if you have a different perspective on this, but me personally, I think that that's really the rare position to have when it comes to James Wiseman. I'm seeing a lot of people giving him a ton of praise. Um, I'm seeing a lot of other people say he stinks. I don't really think that's true. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think he's been okay. I'd give his play about a C so far in Detroit. But based on what we thought we were getting when he first came in, I think it's been a pleasant surprise. Right. I would agree. I I think it's it's that it's that context. Um it's not outlandish to say that we uh papooed all over the Pistons acquiring him, given that they have Jalen Duran and just signed Marvin Bagley to a contract that will probably take a handful of seconds to move on from whenever that happens down the line. So it seemed just very, very strange to acquire him as a project player, given the context of the Pistons supposedly wanting to compete for a playoff spot next year. It just didn't seem like it meshed with the timeline that the front office was sort of angling for. But I think if you had told me after the trade that his offense would be showing off the way that it, it is. He's not a complete black hole on defense. He is switching pretty well. He is not providing you, you know, elite rim protection or anything like that, but he's not killing you uh, as, as horribly as I think we expected on the defensive end. And at the end of the day, I think that's what we could have. That's probably the best that we could have asked for, for a guy who, was very on and off with the Golden State Warriors, did not have consistent playing time, was bounced around the G League, was injured. Um, so I think I agree with you. I, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. The offensive capabilities have been shown. He's got some post moves. He's taken a handful of threes. He had a, a really nice pass uh, yesterday that did – was just not connected on with bogey. I, I think he was not expecting that pass actually making it to him under the hoop. And he just kind of <laughs> threw up through the ball up and did not connect. But those are the kinds of things that you want to see. You know, we kind of knew that James Wiseman was a better offensive player than a better or, or a better offensive player rather than, than a defensive player. We already knew that we, we, he, he had the skill set uh, already. But it's the playmaking and the ability to switch and not get totally burned. Those are the things that give me more hope that he's going to pan out in some fashion. Um, so I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised with his ability to get to the rack, score, um, demonstrate some offensive moves, particularly in the post, and not be a total catastrophe on defense. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. And 
That being said, though, it doesn't take away from that one word you said there, which is context. The context of the trade is primarily why we didn't like it. Because, as we've said, there's other guys there who do very similar things on the court in Marvin Bagley. And there's other young players that also deserve playing time that give you way more defensively and rebounding-wise and in terms of rim protection than James Wiseman does in Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran. So the context of the trade hasn't changed. And this is something I've been very clear on since they acquired him. You can't really evaluate James Wiseman in Detroit until next season. There's just not enough time left, and the context of the team is going to be completely different. I like what I've seen from him offensively, and you're totally right. That was a really nice pass. But that's one pass, you know, and yeah, he made some really nice defensive plays in the fourth quarter, but that's one quarter. And what you really need to start seeing from James Wiseman is complete gains. You need to start seeing, you know, multiple possessions where he's able to influence the game, not in just one way, but in multiple ways. And even more so than that, you need to see what he's able to do with Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey out there. You need to see what he's going to be able to do with whoever the Pistons acquire in the draft and whoever they're going to be bringing in in free agency. So a lot of things are going to change. Right now, what they need from him, what they need from Marvin Bagley, because they have really limited offensive options on most nights, they need those guys to go out there and score. They need those guys to have the ball in their hands because they're willing to put up shots and they can score at a relatively efficient rate. That's not necessarily going to be the case next year. So the things I'm looking at for Wiseman right now are the other skills. It's not the post-ups. Because guess what? In a lineup with Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran and whoever else they're bringing in this offseason, you don't have the time to be giving the James Wiseman the ball 10 times in the post for post-ups. You don't. So what I need to see is the transition stuff. That's been good. I like to see that. What I need to see is... Can he hit jump shots at a reasonable rate if you need to space the floor? That I haven't seen so far. So it's a mixed bag. And I think we're not really going to be able to truly, truly say whether this trade was a success or a failure until about, you know, <laughs> probably halfway through next year, even after that, potentially. But yeah, in a vacuum, the play has been better than expected. Is it good? Eh. Is it bad? No, it's it's about a C for me. Right, and the context is key. Uh, it's good relative to what we were expecting and what he demonstrated towards the tail end of his tenure in Golden State. It's it's right. good relative to that. It's not good relative to a very high lottery pick, second overall pick, uh, <laughs> with with a lot of hype coming out of high school and college, it's not good relative to that. It is good relative to our most recent viewing of Wiseman in a Golden State Warriors jersey. So optimism, yes, I think. Sure. I, think. I, mean, I mean, look, Mike, he's simply a below average rebounder with Detroit instead of an absolutely abysmal one with Golden State. He's been a below average defender in, instead of a complete disaster. So yeah, in that light, I think you're totally right. I think it's been a been a success so far. But the context of the situation, you know, it, it, it's for now. There are a lot of things 
can and will change very soon. Right. Yeah, and as we've alluded to, there's a lot of bigs on this roster. There's a lot of positional overlap already uh, and skill set overlap, as we'll get into the stock up and stock down a little bit. Uh, so I, I think you're right. Probably to the trade deadline next season, that's when you know the Pistons may have to make a decision on what to do with James Wiseman. So lots of time, but the rest of the season, again, like you said, hope hope we see some different skill sets outside of like you said, post ups, hook shots, which are all great, but needs to demonstrate yeah. something. A, a three point shot, boy, that that would be. That would be something. That'd be um, nice. Post, that, I mean, like, you know, high post passing would be freaking sure. phenomenal. Uh, that's that's the stuff that you really need to see because those are the skills that he's going to be needing, that the team is going to need from him, excuse me, uh, next year, more so than post-ups and hook shots and, and the stuff right. like that, you know? And I'm not, it, I'm not thrilled with Dwayne Casey and his offense either which is a whole other discussion um so well sort of sort of have to incorporate that a little bit and the people that he's playing with i mean on off on off stats are are very difficult uh to measure when the whole team is not very good yeah i mean look the the player with the worst on off stats on the entire roster is Jaden ivy and we're not throwing him in the trash heap because of that are we right right so that you know, that's that's how I look at that. I think they have, you know, they have their use in in context. But after five games, that's not something that I'm, you know, going to go ahead and say. Oh, James Wiseman is totally flunked because he's played <laughs> because a losing team loses when he's on the floor with them. Wow, you know, right? No, no shit. Um, yeah. I, Mike, I'm also interested. What have you thought about R.J. Hampton? Because that's a player that has gotten way less playing time than James Wiseman. Um, but he has gotten some playing time with Detroit, very limited reps. But what have you thought of his time in in the Pistons uniform so far? Um, I foreshadowed it a little bit in our group chat. I think during the trading deadline, I suggested that the Pistons should s- sign RJ Hampton and have him compete head-to-head with Killian. I have not enjoyed the RJ Hampton experience. Mm. I can see why he was the odd man out in Orlando for some similar reasons to James Wiseman, just not really working, but working on paper and from an athletic standpoint is kind of how RJ Hampton has been. He just, I mean, his time in Orlando was super strange. Um, you know, and, and the fit is just very, very weird. I don't know. I I don't I don't really want to watch him versus Killian anymore. I I I think uh I think he has some other other problems to work out from a jump shot perspective, from a shot selection perspective. Let's just say I, I can see very clearly why they moved on from RJ Hampton. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exactly sure why the Pistons signed him to a two year contract with the rest of this year guaranteed. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Well, next year's not guaranteed. And right. to be honest, yeah, I, I pretty much have the same thoughts you do. I've actually been a, more impressed with him on the defensive end than I expected I would be. But overall, it's nothing special. Uh, offensively, he just doesn't, you don't see it with him. And right. 
You know what I mean? Like with Wiseman, I, I have my questions. I have my doubts for sure, but I see something there. There is an NBA player in there. How good of an NBA player? I don't even have the ability to guess right now, but with RJ Hampton, I, I don't see an NBA player. It's it's kind of like Saban Lee last year um, with Detroit, where I just was like, nah, this, you, you got it or you don't. And, and he doesn't have it to me. So uh, kind of in the same boat as you. Mike, yeah. we have to hit on stock up, stock down. It's been a couple weeks since we've actually been able to do this, but right. We we both have different picks. Of course, we talked about them before the podcast. <laughs> yes, we had to make we, sure we had to, had to get them in line. Um, who is your stock up for this week? There's well, he, not a ton of guys, but there are no. some. Well, here is I'm going to do a brief tease because as I went into James Wiseman, I realized I did not read the ad read, um, <gasps> and then I realized I was not emailed the ad read. So we're going to go ahead and just read the ad read. Real quick, we'll, we'll keep everybody in suspense so, over who the stock up and stock down is because um, we're podcast Place, professionals. Wait, here we go. Here we go, Mike. Place your bets now, folks. There we go. On our stock up, stock down. Excellent. If only you could make that bet on this week's sponsor, and that would be Bet Online, as it always has been. And we appreciate Bet Online continuing to be sponsor of this podcast and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. Now that betting is legal in Ohio, I'm sure that March madness is going to be a bad time for me. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at bet online. And with live betting options, free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But make sure that you use the promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Again, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with BetOnline, making sure that you use the promo code BLEAVE, B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, now we can get into stock up. And stock down. And Jasper, I'm actually going to kick it to you first. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to actually go stock up. I'm going to go with the guy we've just been talking about. I think I'm going to have to go with James Wiseman for this week. And the reason is for so many of the things we just outlined. He has shown in certain games, in certain quarters, um, the ability to really be a difference maker on offense and occasionally to provide a little bit of size and length and uh, decent footwork defensively. I think for me, when you have a player that was totally discarded by a team that drafted him second overall just three years ago now, um, I think you're talking about a guy with extremely low trade value there. And the fact that he's come in, he started for Detroit for uh, the last three games now, and he hasn't completely gone out there and embarrassed himself by any stretch. I think he's looked more comfortable with every passing game. And even when he's had bad quarters, bad halves, he's come out and he's competed. And so for me, I think James Wiseman has to be my stock up of the week. Uh, there are other guys in there that, you know, maybe could have a little bit of an argument. I think Hamadou Diallo, he, I am writing about him and, and Alec Burks. I, I think he is really been underappreciated for this Pistons team this year. He might not come back next year, but I think he's been underappreciated. 
But overall, when you're looking at who's been out there and who's had the impact, especially, especially with guys getting injured, missing games, Boyan Bogdanovich was out. I think for me, James Wiseman has been a steady offensive contributor and defensively better than expected. Hasn't been amazing in terms of the rebounding, but he's given you a baseline that this team has really needed in the last week or so. And that's a great pick. Um, We just went over how he's been impactful and better than expected. I think that's, that's a a solid pick. And and I'm, I'm going to Spider-Man meme you here. Um, (laughs) For the ultimate (laughs) Spider-Man meme player on the roster. Uh, Yes. My pick is Marvin Bagley. I, I'm shocked to say, considering how much Aaron and I have dumped on him throughout the season as a stock down guy, he has come back and he's been a stock up guy. He had 21 points against Charlotte. He had 12 boards. He had 20 and 18 against Toronto. Even yesterday, he had eight points and nine rebounds. He's been better than expected coming back from injury. The rebounds are pretty big because without Jalen Duran, the rebounding is certainly tough. And Isaiah Stewart has been banged up. So Marvin Bagley's had the opportunity to crash the boards more. He's very similar to Wiseman, and he's not a three-point shooter, but he still has enough offensive moves to get some points. And he hasn't hit a three in a while. He's 0 for his last seven from the floor. Um, and stretching his offensive capabilities would do, would do a lot to help the Pistons. But even without that, he has still found ways to contribute he had back-to-back 20-point games. I mean, he's he's playing with an offensive skill set that, um, dare I say, the Pistons desperately needed, and that's never it's never a good sign relying on Marvin Bagley, but um, he, has, he has played very well since his return from injury. Definitely agree. And again, that's another player where it's like, he's been playing really well, but you have to look at the context of, of that. That's not necessarily the role you want him playing for your team where you need no. him out there getting all those, you know, a 2018 game. Uh, I, I wouldn't exactly say he like covered himself in glory in that one, but definitely he has been an impact player and they've needed him. No other way to say it for me this week, Mike, I got to go with my stock down guy. And there were perhaps more appropriate candidates for this one but i want to switch it up a little bit it's a guy i usually give a lot of love to i think it's going to be alec burks and really this just because burks has been so good this year that he has a week like this that's not particularly awful but is just a step down for him that i think i have to include him on this list uh 11 and a half points per game two and a half rebounds four assists but only shooting 33% from from three-point land, 43% from the floor overall, 78% from the free-throw line. He just hasn't been that efficient this this, uh, last week. And more so than that, I don't think he's done a great job in terms of distributing the ball either. I'm not really seeing him make an impact on the game in a way that we're usually used to him doing. I think for me, it's got to be Alec Burks for this week. He hasn't been terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but definitely a step down for him. Yeah. And, you know, he was so pivotal. I mean, he has, I guess, maintained that coming off the bench, being a, being a linchpin piece off the bench. Um, Yeah. He's, he's had a little bit of a downswing again. I think 
the availability of players has certainly impacted things. I mean, the lineup that's being thrown out there is is a difficult one to generate offense in general. Um, but yeah, he he's he's had a little bit of uh, a little bit of a slower stretch. And my my pick for stock down is Isaiah Livers, and it's unfortunate because when we talked about Sadiq Bay being traded, we sort of agreed that Livers had the opportunity. He he might be the big winner out of this because it gives him an opportunity to demonstrate that he could be the three and D wing that Troy Weaver really wants, and apparently very much so believes in because he's a big fan of Isaiah Livers. And another injury, it's disappointing. For him, on a on a on a personal level, finding his his space in the league, um, it's it's tough to deal with another injury at a time when you could really make an impact. With so many other injuries and lack of wing depth on this roster, it's it's unfortunate to see Isaiah Livers go down again with with uh, with injury. So he's in my stock down. There were plenty of other guys to pick on. The easy one would have been Ivy because of the snafu yesterday, where he Chris Webbered himself. Well. Um, no, you know what, Mike? I'm I'm gonna stop you right there because I don't blame Jaden Ivy for that. You know who I blame for that is is freaking Dwayne Casey and the right. entire coaching staff. Because yep. Boyan Bogdanovich after the game came out and said, "We talked to Ivy. I said it was my our fault because none of the veterans and none of the coaches said in the timeout, hey, this is our last one.' I think to me that is just wow, man." Like, the bar is so low for this coaching staff. I respect what they're able to do in keeping the team together and and keeping them competitive in terms of, you know, fighting to the end every game. But, wow, man, you talk about the simplest things when it comes to coaching. That is absolute malpractice. How many people do they have on their staff? Like, eight? And, like, what, three of them are former players? Right. How does nobody say anything that to me was a shame, an absolute shame. And I feel really bad for Jaden Ivey that, that he got put into that position. Yes, you want better from him, but he's a rookie. Come on, right. help a guy out. Right. You have enough coaches to let a rookie know how many timeouts you have left or don't have left. Um, it's it's definitely inexcusable, and it's going to quickly get us into the Dwayne Casey get rid of the coaching staff conversation, which maybe is one we'll have later down the line. Um, but, you know, but speaking of Jay Nivey, we just have a couple of minutes left. Speaking of Jay Nivey, he's, he's the offensive fulcrum really. I mean, Bogdanovich has, has been, been playing well and he continues to be probably their best offensive player, but Ivy's been playing more point. He's been more of a facilitator. And as a rookie, that's really difficult. You know, we talked about this with Killian Hayes a few years ago, playing point guard as a rookie is very difficult, very difficult, especially when it's not your natural position. And he's sort of being asked to do more of that as a rookie and wasn't expected to, wasn't really expected to be asked to either. Um, he didn't have a super great shooting height against Toronto. He was three for 16. He did, he did have 10 dimes. Um, but overall, even on shots he misses, there's just a there's just a different feeling about how he's approaching shot attempts and his follow-through with his shooting motion. It just looks like he's gaining much more control over the game and himself as as we progress through the season. Do you feel the same way? No doubt, Mike. Uh, I, I tweeted out today, over his last 22 games, Jaden Ivey's averaging 15.9 points, 5.7 assists, 3.7 rebounds, 
And here's the real key. 55.7% true shooting, 37.5 from three on four and a half attempts per game. And for comparison, his first 36 of the games of the season, 15 points, four assists, four rebounds, 31.5% from three and 51% true shooting. So yeah, Mike, and, and during this whole stretch, 2.8 turnovers per game for the first 36, 3.0 for these last 22. So he's basically upped his assists per game by 1.7. His points are up by a point per game. And he's been more efficient, not just in terms of shooting, but also in terms of his distribution, his assists to turnovers. So absolutely, Mike, I think you're totally correct. His shooting form looks way better, way more confident. Yeah, he's not you know, a knockdown three-point shooter every single game, but that's not what you expect from him at this point. And it's not what you really are asking right. from him. So for me, I think on a similar usage that he's had all year, putting up better efficiency, better stats, absolutely, Mike, he has turned a corner, and it's really exciting to see. And the shooting is something that was kind of the question mark during the draft process. Um, we weren't really sure what that shot was going to look like. We knew getting downhill – that was going to be easy. He's fast. He's quick. He's very nimble around the basket. Uh, it was it was the shooting that was the question mark. And, you know, the form looks a lot better, and maybe it'll come around. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But I just and, wanted and, to – I'm sorry. You go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say, and the distribution as well. It was, yep. you know, what's the ceiling on how good of a passer can he be? Is he a true off guard? Can he, ta you know, really handle those playmaking duties? I think he's answered the question. I certainly think that – that's something I'm way more comfortable with him doing in the future moving on. Um, and that's great because that means you can play K to off ball even more. Yep. That's exactly right. And we won't talk about potentially getting Scoot Henderson and messing that up. But let's just revel in that Jaden Ivey, despite, you know, <laughs> Ty Lue said after LeBron left that the Cavs are going to be moving into a wins and lessons period, uh, which everybody laughed at, but this is actually, you know, a lot of lessons. The Pistons are getting a lot of lessons. And I think through that, through these losses, through these injuries, you know, you see guys like Jaden Ivey growing a little bit more. Um, this team is not very good, but he has demonstrated some growth that I think is really exciting for the future. Some reasons for optimism, Mike. How Just about that? Reason the people what they want. Reasons and also, and we were optimistic and we also uh, took a dump on Dwayne Casey. So I can't see how anybody's going to come home. I think this is going to be a universally loved podcast. Bad after this one. That's right. That's <laughs> any, right. Any other thoughts before we wrap up as I watch the timer tick down? No, that's it for me this week, Mike. I'm just, you know, happy we at least have a little something in Wiseman and I guess Hampton uh, to look at as the season wraps up. Yes, already March. Can't believe it. You know, even even though this, the the Pistons season will will be ending um, as soon as the regular season is over. Uh, <laughs> won't be any playoffs, obviously. You know, e even though it's been a tough year, I will still miss it, um, and we'll be eagerly awaiting fall once again. So let's enjoy the rest of the season. Um, okay, fantastic. Uh, pretty quick podcast. Um, again, should be universally loved. Uh, maybe we'll have Aaron back next time. We'll just have to wait and see. But for my co-host, Jasper Apollonia, I am Mike Angbalano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network, and we will see you all next time.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.